Welcome to yet another episode of Clubnovia US Cast on usability testing. In this episode, I will answer the questions on our previous episode about the Tinkerlad method and its implementation during usability testing. I remembered in one usability test that I conducted immediately after a debrief, one participant asked me, why do I have to think aloud during a usability test, especially when the test is not about my competency or my experience about using a computer? Well, during the debrief, I already explained to her that the test is not about her or to test her intelligence, but to test the user friendliness of a product. So really, why do we have to think aloud? Let me explain why. When you think aloud during a usability test, you say what you're doing alongside trying to accomplish a given task. This gives me as a test facilitator a deep understanding of the usability problems that you encounter in addition to the observable problem that I extract from your interface behavior. So, in a simple term, participants are asked to think aloud because verbalization may reveal any doubt, irritation, surprises, or even feelings that arises during the process of task completion. Also, think aloud during usability test shows how different users make use of a product which might not directly lead to the usability problems but may mirror some aspect of the use of the product like you know this apps usability practitioners when recommending improvement for a design that is the main reason why the tinkerlad method is the most used method for conducting usability tests well that would be arguably because some people might say they use other method other than the Tinkerlad, but fine. But I think evidence from research has proved that the Tinkerlad method is one of the most used when it comes to usability testing. So going further, so then, how do we get the best out of Tinkerlad method during a usability test? This is important for you as a USR. We all need to be concerned about how to use the Tinkerlad during a usability test to get the best results we can get out of a test. So Clayton Lewis did introduce Tinkerlad to the field of usability, but did not outline any guidelines for its use, but someone else's did. That's fair enough. Because at least there's a guideline so people might stick to the guidelines although in real life situation some people might decide to do things their own way that's not bad but as long as there's a general guidelines for people who wants to stick to the to the rules then that's fine because the use of the guidelines is to like guide you on how to conduct a test so you get the best out of the test. So Ericsson and Simon establish the guidelines to ensure we get the best out of a usability test when using the Tinkerlad method. I'll leave a link to the article in the description section of this episode if you want to check it out. So they gave three guidelines. 
One is a natural instruction that does not require specific type of information from the participants. And the second guideline is to carry out a practice section on the participants to think aloud because not everybody knows how to think aloud. Even when we do, we still have to ensure every participant practice a think aloud section before a test for consistency across all participants. And the third guideline is a neutral keep talking prompt when participants fall silent for let's say 30 to 45 seconds with no further probe from the test facilitator. This is to ensure data validity. So, I don't know, most of us might be familiar with the term, but if you're not familiar, I'll just explain briefly. If you've heard or come across the word classic think aloud, it is used when all three guidelines are used collectively during a usability test. Only then the ThinkLab method is referred to as a classic ThinkLab protocol. Now, I'm not saying that if you're not using the classic ThinkLab method during a usability test, that means your test is invalid. But I am an advocate of the use of the classic ThinkLab method during a usability test as it ensures a more robust test so you don't end up improving usability problems that are not likely to be encountered by end user when using a product in real life that is not in the laboratory settings. Most times during usability testing, the test facilitator often intervene by using probe questions and instructing participants to comment on specific instances to obtain desired results. When a test facilitator does this, there is a high chance that they might end up improving something that the end user will not have a problem with when using the product in real life. That is, when facilitator uses sentence like, why did you click on that? Please explain why you decide to use the back button. Or a sentence like, why is that look on your face when you click that link? Well. Speaking from experience, I have conducted 100 plus usability test section and prompting user or participants is not the best way forward to conducting a robust test because prompting user lead to what is called level 3 vitalization. Now, let me explain. A level 3 vitalization requires participants to explain their thoughts ideas or motives for carrying out a task in a certain way. They tend to explain and reflect on their personal experience. Now, this is not good for usability testing. This requires them to assess the long-term memory. That is why they are considered invalid means of obtaining data from the participant. While level 2 viabilization requires the participant to transform abstract concepts into words and this does not require additional intellectual work so you see the difference between level one level i mean level three and level two verbalization and then there's the last one which is the level one verbalization and this is the most reliable because they are direct data elicitation of users behavior from the short-term memory it's simply a verbalization of conscious thoughts 
where participants do not need to make an effort to communicate what they are doing or how they do it. A perfect example is reading a sentence out loud or saying what they are doing on a website. So, any verbalization that are prompted by the test facilitator during usability test is categorized as level 3 verbalization and is considered invalid due to their subjective content and access to long-term memory. Well, evidence from studies and research within the field of usability has shown that practitioners often give participants instructions that are contrary to these guidelines that were established by Ericsson and Simon. Instead of using the simple keep talking reminder, they make use of probe intervention just put like it's like putting words in participants mouths like giving them a hint of what to say and it is surprising to know that most test facilitators that prompt participants during a collab test usually don't consider this verbalization from participants as level 3 data and they might as well not consider them to be invalid data so why do test facilitators often use instructions and prompt participants during a test section? Well, the simple answer to why they do that is to obtain desired results, really. Test facilitators tell you that they need to prompt users because they believe that it provides them with the most useful data when identifying usability problem in a digital product such as software or website, and when deriving possible means to resolve usability problem, despite knowing the fact that this intervention influences participant tax performance. Now, research within the field of usability has also shown that a deviation from these guidelines often induce what is called reactivity. This is important to you when conducting a usability test. Well, we all need to be concerned about reactivity when using the Tinkerlad method during the usability test because it is problematic. We're going to talk more on reactivity and its impact on Tinkerlad during usability testing on our next episode of Clevenovia US Cast on usability testing. So, to end this episode, Lewis did introduce ThinkCloud method into the field of usability, but did not explicitly outline any strict guidelines on how to use the ThinkCloud method during a usability test. This might be a contributing factor to why people implement the method differently. When I say differently, I mean using the ThinkCloud method, but not using it as a classic. One major advantage of using the classic Tinkler during a usability test is that it enables you to conduct a more robust test that helps identify reusability problems or issues that might come up with a digital product instead of fixing issues that are not problematic in a real-world scenario. So, I would strongly recommend the use of the classic Tinkerlad method whenever you want to conduct a usability test. 
Just try it and see how your test result comes up. You might be surprised. It will enable you to conduct more robust tests and help you identify problems with your tested products. So, until next time, this is Ubuki. Cheers, guys, and have a good one.